Hey, welcome to episode 21 of the Preaching Donkey podcast. I am your humble host, Lane Sebring, and this is going to be a really fun episode today. I do not have a guest because it's the fourth week of the month, and I like to do a solo episode and just kind of have a conversation with you about something that's on my mind related to preaching. And today we're going to talk about this Carrie Newhoff article that I thought was really interesting. It's called The Five Preaching Trends That Will Shape the Future. And I'll link to this in the show notes and here on YouTube if you're watching, and we'll get into it in just a second. I want to tell you about something cool, though. If you're listening, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you are, or if you're watching on YouTube, you're all invited to a workshop that I'm going to do next week. This workshop is called the Preacher's Journey Workshop. We're going to be going through some really practical training and best practices to take you on a journey in your ministry. What I mean by that is a lot of us start out in ministry. We start out preaching. We get the training we get from seminary, and we kind of go off to the races. And we get thrown into the thick of doing ministry at our churches, preaching week after week, dealing with people, leading the church, running the organization, and we have to kind of figure it out as we go. And most of us take a pretty predictable path uh, that leads a lot of us to burnout and to frustration. And so I want to talk about how to avoid some of those really bad things that can happen, like burnout, frustration. I want to talk about how to avoid those kinds of things. And I want to talk about a better way and a better path that you can take. This is a free workshop. It's three parts. I'm going to release the first part on Tuesday of next week. That's March 30th. And then uh, one on Wednesday and one on April 1st on Thursday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there will be worksheets and stuff for you to work through. It would be a great thing for you to go through with your team or just you. We're going to talk about real life. We're going to talk about real ministry and the real heart of what's happening in our hearts and our minds in ministry and in preaching. So I hope you can attend. The videos are only gonna be up for a little bit, and so you wanna catch them while they're up online. So go to preachingdonkey.com journey to register. These won't be on YouTube, they won't be on the podcast. Preachingdonkey.com journey. You can get signed up for free, and then you'll get notified when the videos come out on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So preachingdonkey.com slash journey. All right, let's get into today's article. This is from Carrie Newhoff. Carrie Newhoff has always been one of the best resources out there for ministry trends, leadership. I mean, he's just, his podcast is amazing. He interviews some of the top leaders in the world. And when he talks about preaching, I feel like it is something that we should pay attention to. So he has five preaching trends that will shape the future. And this is with him, Kerry Newhoff, and Mark Clark. And I'm going to read through these five. And here's what he says. The first one is where we're going to see things going is towards more nuanced thought and less diatribe. He says, it's never been easier to rant, nor has it ever been more tempting to lash out at the culture or defiantly explain why you're right and everyone else is wrong. It's also a deadly mistake. That is, if you want to reach unchurched people, it's a deadly mistake to do this because the culture is morphing so quickly into deeper post-Christian, post-modern waters than ever before. Many Christians feel defensive, angry, and honestly scared. We see culture as the enemy, he says. If God so loved the world, why do so many preachers believe behave like he hates it? 
Your anger isn't attracting unchurched people. It's repulsing them. What's better than ranting is nuanced thought and an open mind. That shows you've done your research, done some homework and openness that suggests you consider the other side and points of view and perhaps enough humility to suggest that there are some really good questions people have about Christianity in the same way people have questions about life and other world views. So he says, most of us, especially younger unchurched people, are tired of the diatribe, the spin, the angry, entrenched defense. They want open, honest dialogue and nuanced thinking. This doesn't mean you don't have to have convictions. I have a very deep, rather orthodox convictions about the gospel and the Christian faith. What it does mean is that when you speak, far more people listen. So he's drawing a contrast between the diatribe, right? The angry rant, the here's the point I want to make, here's why I want to make it, and you better listen. And by the way, I'm bitter because the world is changing and I feel as if I'm being left behind. That's the diatribe. Nuanced thought is really where you seek to try to understand the other side. You seek to try to understand the people that are sitting in front of you, and you don't treat it as an us versus them, but you treat it as a we. You put yourself in their shoes. You speak for them, right? You give them a voice by understanding where they are and letting them know that you've heard them, right? This is all nuanced thought rather than diatribe. I fully agree. Number two, he says, not sticking to Christian things. This is the co-author of this article, Mark. He says, as preachers, we are Christians, we hope, which means we swim in theology, Christian worldviews, actions, lifestyle, politics, all the time. And if we do that too long, we tend to forget what actual people believe. It changes from generation to generation and feel and think about and wonder about. So we, we forget what people believe, what they think about, and what they wonder about. I fundamentally, he says, I fundamentally don't believe sermons are just for Christians or the church. Jesus certainly didn't preach like that, nor did the prophets. Their sermons hit both religious and the irreligious over and over. They spoke to people who were believers and who weren't, and I think we should too. We should, we should constantly be flowing back and forth in our sermons between, and then he gives two things, equipping the saints on the one hand, and then B, he says, speaking to the non-Christians. So this is really good, equipping the saints. And he says, not just with conclusions, but taking them a bit along the pathway to how we go there biblically. In other words, teaching them not to just think, but how to think. And then he says, speaking to the non-Christian, which means engaging their questions and worldviews at an informed level and in a winsome and persuasive way. So what he's saying is this isn't just uh, resting on your laurels of when you used to know unchurched people, but this is to really truly understand how unbelievers think, what's important to them, and then demonstrate them that you demonstrate to them that you actually understand where they are and you can speak to them. So for he says, for example, this fall I will be doing a series called Anything Goes at our church. It's content that I decided by a voting system. Anyone on the internet could ask any question they wanted the church to answer. Nothing was off limits. We controlled nothing. Uh, the, then once all the questions were compiled into categories, we got people to vote on the top 15 questions and we would answer the top seven. I just got the results today and you want to know what the top question is. It's not gay or transgender issues, though that is certainly in the top seven. It's not evil and suffering and evolution, though they're all in there. The top question, does the Bible allow for the existence of aliens? 4,000 people voted, he said. 
over 16,000 votes, and that's the top question. He says, as a senior pastor sitting around with your staff coming up with sermon series material, I can almost guarantee uh, I can almost guarantee you the guy who suggested preaching on aliens would be asked to leave the room. But that, I guess, is what people are wondering about today, at least in this vote. So I have to research it, take it seriously, and do my best to preach an informed answer to it. Am I busy leading staff, writing, having staff meetings with ministry leaders, people in our church every day? Yes. Do I have three daughters to raise and a wife to serve? Yes. But this fall, I will be doing all that reading about aliens. That's the job. That's the larger point. We need to engage these questions week in and week out that people in our culture are asking versus only the questions we are asking. I think that's really the point. You want to scratch people where they are itching. If you're only asking and answering questions in a vacuum or what people like to call these days an echo chamber, then you're eventually just going to surround yourself with people who only agree with you and you don't have as good of a chance of reaching people in your church. Number three, the end of easy answers. This is from Carrie. Decades ago, the local preacher was essentially the source for everything about the scriptures, Christianity and faith. Sure, an avid Christian might read a few books, listen to other talks, or attend a conference, but information was scarce and cost money. You had to buy a book, attend a conference, or order a CD. I actually remember when I was a kid, people would buy the sermon on a cassette tape. It was like five bucks per sermon. It's just crazy. Things have changed. Information is far less expensive and far more ubiquitous. That meant that what a preacher said carried a lot of weight and people by default accepted it. For too long, preachers got away with easy answers. Fast forward today and it could hardly be more different. Just assume everyone hearing your message, especially non-Christians investigating faith, know as much or more about a subject than you do. And even though they may not, they can easily Google anything you say, and they will. Don't get me wrong, there's a ton of misinformation and bad information online, but that doesn't stop people from researching. And add to that the reality that we live in an age of opinions that are strongly held and weakly formed, and the assumption that what you say as a preacher will carry carry to the day is gone. So postmodernism isn't the end of answers. It's the end of easy answers, he says. It's also the end of answering questions your audience doesn't care about. One of the key tasks Mark points out in question two that we just looked at or point to is that wise preachers figure out the questions their audience is asking and answer that. But what Mark is doing and what I've done many times as well is not just exegete the biblical text, but exegete the audience and culture. This is something we talk about a lot at our church is exegeting the culture, digging out of the culture what's really at the core of the culture. When you exegete the text, you're pulling out of the text what the core principles, what the core ideas, what the core truths are, and you're exposing them. If you do the same thing to the culture and you exegete the culture, you really get to the root of what motivates and drives and what uh, inspires the culture, then you can really start to speak to them and to their heart. Number four, preaching to the heart and affections. This is Mark. One of Jonathan Edwards' great fears during the awakening that happened around his preaching was that the conversions of thousands of people uh, weren't, uh, people to Christ weren't real. This is one of his greatest fears. Uh, that they were surface level, even counterfeit. His desire was that the gospel would change someone from the inside out versus outside in through religious guilt or cognitive teaching, right? How often have we relied on religious guilt, right? You do this or else, or cognitive teaching. As long as you just know this, you're okay, 
right? Both of those are, he understood, in error. He knew that when Augustine said, what Augustine said was true, that we are what we love, that the most powerful part about us wasn't our thinking, but our feeling, our gut. And that true and effective preaching thus must have its goal to change not what we do, often the core message of modern preaching, but what we want to do. Gosh, that is a really, really insightful statement. Okay, the core message of our modern preaching is changing what we do but we really need to change what we want to do. What is the motivation? What is the core? What is the heart? To do that as preachers, we need to go after not just what people think, but what people feel. So, so good. As one writer put it, our audience is not only asking whether Christianity is true, but whether it works. The thing that many preachers think this means we need to preach only pragmatically, tactically, uh, tacitly, uh, tactically, (laughs) people uh, telling people here, here is what to do, and now go do it, right? This kind of, here's the magic formula to unlock this truth, go live it out, but that's not what is meant. He says, we show the world that Christianity works by applying it and talking about how ideas and theology are applied to real life, of course, but bigger than that, we show people that it works because The gospel fundamentally changes what we love from one thing to another. It it changes us so that we move from love of power or money or romance to a God who transcends all those things. So at the core is what we want to do, and at the core of that is what we love, right? It speaks to a soul, and that that soul's longings and uh, shows them where, where to find true fulfillment, namely Jesus himself. And the life of the Spirit, his death and resurrection offers the world. So it it allows us to have fulfillment in what Jesus did and what the Spirit uh, does in our lives. A kind of joy that doesn't settle for the things of the world that the world offers and an unredeemed heart thinks is ultimate. Number five, and this is the last one. This is from Carrie. Sunday morning as a launch point, not a destination. In the future, though... He says, for millennia now, the church has gathered on Sundays, and that's here to stay. In the future, though, Sunday will once again become more of a launch point for Christians than a destination, and that involves the sermon. For years, churches have been the biggest producer of content that takes hours or days to prepare, gets shared once, and then archived, never to be seen again. Sure, maybe you put your your sermon on your webpage, Apple Podcasts, but that's it, stored in digital hinterland and only accessed by few, which means that in the age of smartphones, most church leaders are still rocking a cassette ministry approach to sharing the message. What I talked about earlier, you buy the cassette, you listen to it once, and then you put it in your file. The only thing that's changed in the last decade is that our cassette or CD ministry approach is now available via podcast. 100% of the online strategy of most churches is tied to repackaging the Sunday morning experience And today, he says, that is a mistake. In a rapidly changing culture, our strategy is based on uh, a strategy employed by a generation ago by TV networks. While you probably haven't talked about it and maybe haven't thought about it, that's how deeply embedded these assumptions are. Most churches base their approach to services and sharing the sermon on number one, scarcity. Number one, scarcity. A message is largely available during set times and in set places. Brevity, the sermon must happen in a 15 to 60 minute format. And three, limited format. A a sermon is a monologue and rarely more. So scarcity, brevity, and limited format. 
There's no reason the sermon or message related content of church has to be this limited. It's what we've inherited. It's what we've adopted and what we've refined to suit our own purposes. But in an age where anything is possible, it is, <clears throat> is it still the best and only way? I don't think so. First, the biblical proclamation itself within scripture is much more varied from street level discourse and debates uh, to along the way teaching like parables to longer discourses. For centuries, we've put the message in a 20 to 60 minute box on Sunday morning and made it live there. In the future, content should be repackaged in smaller slices and made accessible and easily shareable via social media and YouTube. And you can also produce content on the same subject, independent what you preached on Sunday morning. And then he talks about all the ways that you can take your sermon and you know, uh, repackage it, do a longer form interview, put some thoughts on IGTV and other social channels, interview an expert in the field, take an old message on the same subject and include them in the current podcast. In the future, thanks to the internet, don't think of your message as a crossing a finish line on Sunday. Think of it as the start line. So I felt like this was a really, really good point that your sermon, my sermon on a Sunday is not the end in itself. It's really the beginning of what hopefully is a week or longer of engagement around that topic. And I think these that and the rest of these are really, really good things for us to think about. So number one, more nuanced thought, less diatribe. Number two, not sticking merely to Christian things, but speaking to the unbeliever. Number three, the end of easy answers because people can see right through those and want more nuance than that. Number four, preaching to the heart and affections, not just the mind, but actually getting to the core of what people are feeling and thinking. And then number five, seeing Sunday morning as a launch point, not just a destination. I feel like this was a really good article for us to think about as we're preparing our messages, as we're thinking through what we're going to do as a church, what our sermons are going to look like, which one of these five things resonates with you the most. And let me know that in the comments below or email me if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Email me at lane at preachingdonkey.com. I'd love to hear from you what you think about these and which of these do you think speaks to you the most that you want to work on the most immediate and what do you agree with or disagree with? I mean, do you see this differently? These are uh, a forecast of possible trends of what the future looks like and we can disagree on this. This is Carrie and, and Mark's opinion and I, I happen to agree with them on all five of these. I think that anything could happen, but I think these are pretty pretty uh, helpful things for us to think about, and I think it's the direction that we're heading in. So I'd love to hear from you. Definitely go to preachingdonkey.com slash journey to register for the workshop. It's going to be really fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. That's next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Videos will be made available each day. You got to register in order to see the videos, and they're not up for very long. So preachingdonkey.com slash journey. And I'll see you there next Tuesday. And I'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode of the Preaching Donkey Podcast.